welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? Andy, get out of here. All right, so this is going to be Icon, Industry Icons podcast number two with none other than Jocko. It's awesome when you only need one name, right? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) We're so polar opposite. You're Jocko. I'm the dud. (laughs) Like, Like... I couldn't feel more inferior <laughs> with my name versus yours right now. Yeah. Well, hey, man, before we get into some of the stuff I want to talk about with you, let's talk about your first day on an archery range. We're at the Total Archery Challenge here in Big Sky, Montana. It's Has it already been a year? It's It's been a year since, since we since shot. You, since you taught me how to shoot a bow and arrow? Yeah, right? Okay, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was the end of... End of July, 1st of August, when I was in San Diego last year. Check. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So you had a little bit of elbow injury, so you didn't get to shoot quite a bit. So Yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a injury-prone year a little bit on my – and it was one of those things where hurt my elbow doing jiu-jitsu. Of course, yeah. get a, I get injured sometimes doing jiu-jitsu. Anyone does if you do it. But you get in, injured doing any contact sport, and I hurt my elbow. And unfortunately, it was, it was legitimately like the, probably – one of the most important things you needed to be able to do yeah. to shoot a bow and arrow is straighten your arm out. Yeah. And I, I got my arm pretty badly hyperextended, and I could not straighten my arm out. Yeah. And it took, you know, a long time to heal, so that, that cut into some of it. And then and then on the heels of that, as I was healing up from that, I hurt my knee and couldn't really hold the stable. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of just set me back. But then I I just, uh, as soon as it was healed up, started started trying to hammer. Well, just like with anything in life, you've got a lot going. I've got a lot going. There's prior. There's times where it's priorities. M- you know, me asking you if you're shooting your bows, like you asking me, are you doing jits? I'm like, I do when I can, but schedule's jammed. But we got down to the nitty gritty because we're going on your first elk hunt mm-hmm. in September. So I forget when I put it. I put it on your schedule early. Yes, you did. I said, hey man, I need two things. September. And July, and you're like, check, they're in. So we pretty much went into full training mode starting at 8 a.m. this morning, and what do you think? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, everything that you've been teaching me, I I just try and listen to what you've told me to do. And obviously, I can't do everything that you tell me to do because as a human being, my hard drive gets filled up. Mm -hmm. But I just try and do what you tell me to do and and let the arrow go where it goes. What are... What are some of your big takeaways from today on the mountain? Not to mention this wasn't this wasn't a cakewalk. I mean, <laughs> you you went right into Thunderdome, shooting the Sitka course at the last course of the year for Total Archery Challenge, where these guys are wanting to finish with tears and 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 shrapnel of arrows across their ranges. We went up there, and there was some where you looked at them, you're like. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> there was quite a few that I looked at and said that. But again, what I tried to do is just, 
you know, detach myself from any emotions and do what, what I've trained to do, which you trained me to do, just go through those, those motions. And, and then you were giving me more specific corrections based on some of the terrain. We're on a hill, we're shooting down, we're shooting up, we're at a shooting slide, we're shooting through tight, real tight, very narrow windows. And you were giving me some specific coaching on those. And I just tried to keep everything that you built on the base and then add those couple little things in. And, and just, again, for me, in a situation like this, I just try and do what I'm, do what, let my body do what it's supposed to do, not think about it a bunch, um, go through the motions of what I'm supposed to do and keep my, I think, I think in, well, I found this with shooting a lot in the SEAL teams, you know, when you're shooting, the gun is going to shoot where you point it, (laughs) you know, and if you, the person that screws up the shot is your brain. It's your, it's your, it's your active, your ego, your insecurities, your, those are the things I think that mess up your shot more than, than, than the bow and arrow, the bow and arrow. I mean, it's going to shoot where you aimed it. So I try and just remove all those kind of emotions out of it and just do what I'm supposed to do. One thing that you did that I really like is you you think out loud for the process because I would assume you know deep down you haven't done it enough to where you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So you would you would go through checklists verbally, yep. which uh, I've I know I've done in the past when I'm when I'm when I know I need to focus and I can't I can't let other people talking in the group or, you know, I can't let the outside distractions get in. Sometimes I will go verbal. How long do you do that for with certain things that you train with? Yeah. So the, the place I originally picked that up was shooting and we'd go to shooting schools and we'd learn from really good civilian instructors that were just phenomenal because that's all they did all year round was shoot thousands and thousands of rounds tens of thousands of rounds in a year and a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there. And so they, there was a guy specifically that he would go through what his verbal cues were. And it would sounded like a, like a high speed recorder because he was doing everything so quick, you know, faster, the, you know, faster the holster, you know, he just, I can't, I can't even do it justice, <laughs> but he had his whole thing and, and he would do it. And so as I started archery, I was, when I first started, I wasn't giving myself any verbal cues and I'd realize, oh, I didn't, I didn't pack my shoulder. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't get a good, you know, set on my nose. Oh, I didn't, you know, sometimes it's something stupid. Yeah. Like you might be wondering why I'm saying knock up. Like, yeah. Because I do, I say knock up because I want to check and make sure that I've got the arrow knocked correctly. Yeah. Because I've not, I've not done that one yeah. time. I was like, oh, I, I, and I caught it, but I was like, I don't want to make that mistake. Yeah. So I'll go through those verbal checks until it becomes second nature and I don't have to think about, or it'll be, it'll still be going in my head, but it'll just be running like yeah. an automatic, like a robot. Would you do that during some of your, tr- your seal training absolutely. stuff? Absolutely. Like anything that's mechanical, anything that's a procedure. Yeah. I would absolutely do that. I would do it, you know, especially with shooting. Yeah. You know, when you're drawing your pistol and you're coming up and you're presenting and you're getting front side focus and then you, you fire your shot and then you're scanning for more targets. Like those are some of the things I would say, but you know, I had a little system for it. Yeah. And, and yeah, I would do that. Absolutely. What is the biggest mistake you feel like you've made so far learning to shoot a bow? The biggest mistake that I've made so far, I, you know, just not getting it done early enough, you know, not there's, there's times where I could shoot and I, and you know, you, you don't shoot. Uh, what I really like about it. And I told you this right away is 
when I want to do jujitsu or I want to work out or I want to go for a run or I want to go f- surfing, all those things, they take just the transition time to go, go to the gym, get a wetsuit on or, or go to the gym, get a gi on and then sweat and then shower, you know, without any training time at all, you're, you're into that gig for 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? With, with archery, what I like about it is I can do it for eight minutes. Yeah. You can literally, you can literally walk out and just, just put down, you know, 12 arrows yep. and it'll take you eight minutes and that's helpful. That's helpful. And so when I don't do that, and it's actually pretty, I, I'll be, I, I didn't do that as much when I was injured and the more, the, the more that injury went away, the better I got it. Okay. I got 15 minutes. I got yeah. 20 minutes. I'm just going to go. And I was shooting at 16 yards yep. and now I got a different spot in my house where I have 30 yards, which is, which is pretty good. Oh yeah. Well, we talked today. I forget what target it was. It was one of the very first ones where it was stretched out for you and Trevor both. And I, and I told both of you guys, I said, what's one of the things I want you to think about right now is making sure that the timing on this shot, even though it's further is the same as the timing on the shots that were just chip shots. You know, they felt like gravy to you because that delay in time to me is a signal that you're aiming, you know, you're aiming and you're trying to be still trying to be static more than dynamic and be fully committed. And I feel like I, I don't, well, there were two shots today where you where you did that, but you recognized it and you actually canceled the shot, which is really surprising. Did I talk to you about canceling a shot during our first lesson? You talked to me about canceling a shot during my first lesson, and there's been a couple guys in San Diego that coached me, uh, a guy named Alex and Jr. that that helped me out, and uh, and our friend Peter, yeah. who is you know yeah. giving me some pointers. But they all one thing that they all stressed was the importance of knowing when to cancel a shot. Yeah, and and that canceling a shot is sometimes a better decision. Sometimes that's your best shot of the day is the one you don't take. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, today, now that I'm thinking about it, there was the two hardest shots, in my opinion, the two hardest yeah. shots for me today. One was that white rabbit <laughs> at 36 yards through like a dinner plate size <laughs> hole in the trees. Dinner plate is giving it a look. <laughs> yeah. like, so I don't one, know what kind of dinner plates you're eating on. Yeah. That it was, was like a saucer <laughs> plate. Man. So that one, I, if you remember, I canceled the first shot. Mm-hmm. And then I redrew and I, I nailed that. And then the other end of the spectrum, the other hardest shot for me today. It was the closest was, and the longest. It was the closest Dude. and the longest. That was 114 yards. Yeah. And I canceled that one one time too. Mm-hmm. And both those, I just didn't. Uh, and, both, then I, and then I redid both it. Both those you s- put on a clinic. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. You, you drowned and you smoked me on the probably the, arguably the two <laughs> hardest shots out here beginner's luck man. no i don't i don't it, believe it it's it's just i'm just following what you're doing what you're telling me to do mm-hmm. that's all it is i'm just following what you tell me to do i'm just like a robot you programmed and and i'm executing you know as ordered i think if people want to stay good at anything especially when they start to pick up multiple hobbies this is one thing that i notice rogan does all the time is you know, he has his hobbies always accessible and he doesn't do them a lot, but he does them just enough to just bang out a few reps, bang out a few reps. And I think a lot of people feel like if they can't do this full training session that, well, you know, I only got 10 minutes. I can't get a good workout in 10 minutes or, you know, I got five minutes. What's the point? Joe would like, 
rack up a set of nine balls. He would play out a nine ball rack and he would go if he had to go. And even with archery, you know, same thing with you. You told me, hey, dude, archery is perfect for me because you you felt like you could get up, you could work out. You're like, there's a time in my morning where I have a cup of tea. And you said it would be perfect for me to like have my tea while I just went through six or seven sets and then just set it down and I could go into my grind for the whole day. Yeah, and actually where I use it now is I'll grind. I'll be working. And, you know, I'll, so for work I'll be writing or I'll be reading, preparing a podcast or writing or writing emails to a client or dealing with actually talking with a client. And so I'm doing that for two or three hours and it's pre-lunch and I, I don't eat breakfast, so mm-hmm. I'm starting to get hungry, but it's not quite lunchtime yet, but I don't want to do any more work. I want to give my brain like a 20-minute rest. Yep. Boom get out and just just throw some arrows downrange and just try and go through the motions go through the go through the sequence and how do you relate um archery and kind of that zen moment how do you relate that in any way to 100%. surfing do you relate well, to to surfing yes to jujitsu yes to leadership yes i relate everything really yes and here's where it relates in my opinion is the ability to take a step back and detach and not get emotional is what you're you should be doing as a leader so if you're my employee and you screw something up i if i lose my temper you're actually going to lose respect for me i'm not going to see what the real problem was i'm just going to get mad at you and i'm not going to realize that i didn't give you the proper training or that you didn't have the support that you needed so i've done a bad job because i was getting emotional with jiu-jitsu clearly if you start getting emotional in jiu-jitsu you start you start making mistakes you start going too hard you start using your energy on things that don't really matter and with surfing I mean, you can't, surfing is, is, surfing is a, is a little bit different, but a little bit the same. It's different because your mind kind of empties. Yeah. And, but for me in surfing, my mind empties without really having to think about it at all. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happens. With archery, in my opinion, for me anyways, I have to go, okay, don't just, turn, just, just shut off the brain because mm-hmm. it's not going to help you. My, my stupid thoughts... <laughs> are not going to help me. Yeah. And, you know, you said it nine different, 10 different, 12 different ways today. You know, you're like just, you know, one of, one of the things you said was everything that matters is happening here at the cone. It's not happening down range. You know, don't worry about what's, what's, what's going to matter with this shot is what's happening right here. You said that. You said, hey, when the shot goes, don't even look at it. Just let that thing go. Don't worry about it. You, you said you gave like every different one we shot, you had a different way of saying, hey, you know, don't think about it. Yeah. And every di- time you said it to me, I was reinforcing the fact that, because that's what I feel. I know, I know from shooting rifles and pistols, mm-hmm. if I start to think about it, it doesn't help. Yeah. My brain is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your brain is the problem. <laughs> Turn that dummy off <laughs> and let your mechanics, yeah. let the technique, and same thing in jujitsu, like the technique is what works. And you start thinking, oh, I should do this. No, there's a technique that you have to use. And if you use the technique and you execute properly, that's what, that's what makes you win. Yeah. Evan from uh, black rifle got me, he got me this, this little Glock that's got a kind of a laser in it with mm-hmm. a clicker. And so you can just go through your shots of, you know, you know, acquiring the target front sight, rear sight, click. And then it, it actually downloads all that to your phone. So you can see like where you're, where you're hitting. And I feel like, I don't have a lot of time to, I don't have any time to go to a pistol range, but if I do that for five minutes, I feel like 
if I go, at least I'm going to remember some of this like really small stuff. And as much as it seems like I might not be good at it, at least I won't be rusty at it. Right. hundred percent. And if you, that's taking, I mean, you know, how many times have you heard about that experiment? Well, they'll take, they'll take, you know, five basketball, they're 10 basketball players. They'll take five of them and say, okay, you guys are going to shoot 20 foul shots a day. You 20 are just going to think about it. You're going to visualize the perfect shot. You're I've never heard that. this. But yeah. And but guess this what? Is the people that visualize do, they do either as good or they do better. They actually do better than the people that just, you know, that, that actually physically practice. Yep. Did I give you one of those little shot yes, trainers? Did. Yep. Did I tell you about my best year as a competitor? The year that I held the highest world ranking, I got to practice the least when it came to firing arrows down range i would say probably 75 percent or better of my shots that were fired down range were during a competition because i was working a job i was working 70 hours a week doing you know selling selling bows over the phone so i had a you know i had a headset on like this pulled my mic out a little bit like this so i could just talk to people and just have that – I just had a string, mm-hmm. and I would just visualize the shot. I would pick a spot on the wall with my thumb, and I would just let that thumb move and just shoot. And it got to the point where I felt like my thumb knew the exact pressure, the exact preload. My shot sequence, I felt like robotic, and but it was only visualization. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where – just aiming with my thumb got boring. So it would be like, all right, we're in Croatia. It's freaking gold medal match. Down by one, comes down to the last target. Competitors shot a three. Okay, you know, shoot a five to tie and we can roll in. And, I, you know, and I would have just these – it was actually a good time for a sporadic mind like mine because I would just envision these ridiculous matches or head-to-head, like – circumstances where I was down or I was tied and with specific people that I knew were, I knew were going to be the guys that, you know, most likely I would be against. And then there were times where I would go to a tournament and it would like come to life. And I remember there was one tournament where someone looked at me and he said, are you nervous? And I said, I've already been here. I want it. And he looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? But I remember I had visualized this entire final just shooting my string on a phone. Yeah, and so that's that's proof of what this other experiment, yeah. you know, that I talked about, the visualization point. Now, let me ask you this. When you are in those situations and you've got that pressure, what is your what are you telling yourself? You know, the, you got to hit this. You got to hit a bullseye to win. Like that, you got to get hit a bullseye to stay in. What do you say to yourself during those moments well what i have to what i know i need to tell myself is going back to just the shot routine there you like, go and just re- and <laughs> and almost repeating it enough to where it it resets the fight or flight because it's there there as much as i've done it there's still times where all of a sudden you think about something just enough of importance to where all of a sudden your heart rate just just picks up right you said on that heart, you dude said on that white <laughs> rabbit that white rabbit i mean that thing was just 
that was an every in any day type of shot for me. Yeah. But this morning when we met, you you looked at me and you go, because we set the range yesterday. We helped them set the range because um, we're doing a knock on experience here for some people that that booked in, which I think is super valuable because I shoot with people for multiple targets and the same type of coaching things I told you, I I work with people on as I see them, you know, make mistakes. Um, But that rabbit, I, I told you, it's like, if people forget about everything, this isn't a hard shot. It's just the presentation is just, it's a mind grenade, a mind grenade. Right. And so this morning you're like, dude, I think I had a, I think I had a few nightmares of that white rabbit. Because <laughs> there's trees all around it. There's trees below it, there's trees above it, and there's trees on the sides. So you're going to hit. If you don't shoot a straight shot, you're going to ruin your arrow for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. there's trees left, trees under, overhanging branches above, and the rabbit itself is at best the size of a two-liter pop bottle, right? Yeah. And it's 36 yards uphill with a yard-and-a-half cut. <laughs> And so when we got up to that, I told you, I said, Jocko's shooting this one's, yeah. this one's for this Actually, one first. The, the shot before I made a good shot and you said, okay, you graduated. You're leading now. Yeah. Yeah. I said, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you pinwheeled it, pinwheeled it. And then Trevor steps up and, and hits your arrow. Yeah. So I'm left on the stake thinking, <laughs> Like we need three shafts touching for me to be the commander right now. Otherwise I'm just, now I'm just the dud. And so I, I, I'm like, F you guys. And I, I stood on the line and I was happy with my shot, but I shot like two inches above you guys. And, uh, yeah, I remember as I went to draw back, I was, I was wanting to hit your arrows so bad that I started thinking about, like, what if you don't? And as soon as I thought that, that's when all of a sudden I felt like the boom, 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 go like boom, 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 And I'm like, okay, man, just pull through, forget about it, pull through, pull through. And the shot execution was good. But once I got up there, I realized, like, man, I, you know, I went from maybe 58 beats a minute to 70s, mm-hmm. you know, in a metal match it could have it could have got higher so one recognizing that and trying to stall and then just like focus on the process focus on the process focus on the process to where you can reset into just the mechanics you know forget the whole situation forget the relevance forget what it's for the mechanics will make the end result happen but if i want the end result first without the mechanics is not going to happen you know it's this is this is entering a whole new area, but it's very very similar. So I talk a lot about having protocols for thing, and that's exactly what we're talking about. We we're talking about a protocol for a shot sequence. This is what you do. One of the oddly enough, one of the one of the things that I started relating protocols with with normal everyday people is with when someone dies, right? Because you know, I people will say like you know, because I've experienced a lot of people have died that I've known because mm-hmm. I was in the military and a lot of people got killed. And people say, you know, how do you deal with it? And one of the things I realized is that since America is like a conglomeration of all these different cultures, we don't have any real good protocol. Like in other countries, in other yeah. cultures, they have a they have a, 
a written protocol. Hey, when someone dies on this, you know, the first day you do this, then you do this, then you go to this place, then you have this party, then you drink this, then you say that, and then you, you bury them and then you move on. Yep. And in America, we've got such a, such a conglomeration of all these different cultures that no one really knows like a direct protocol of what to do. And so it's not only that. It was like, okay, when someone dies, pe- that's how people get caught in a cycle. They don't know how to say, okay, like I need to move on now. Mm-hmm. Be- and that sounds like a horrible thing to say because when someone dies, you can't say like, okay, well, you know, my, my close friend died and I'm going to move on now, right? That doesn't, sound, yeah. that doesn't sound like the right thing to do. Yeah. But what you have to do is you have to put a protocol together that says, okay, now I'm going to go through these protocols. I'm going to mourn. I'm going to celebrate their life. I'm going to do something so I always remember them. And then what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, I'm going to not going to dwell in the past. I'm going to remember, but I'm going to carry on with my life, right? And what would that person that died want you to do? Yeah. They'd want you to carry on. They don't want yeah. you to dwell in the past and, and be sad and heartbroken forever. No, they, they would want you to, to remember them and live a great life. So that they so that they can look down on you and say, "Hey, you're doing a good job." Yeah. So we don't have protocols. Same thing when 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 somebody you know when you're a teenager and you get dumped by a girl, right? And you see these guys, they they kill themselves. Yeah. You know, 20, 18 years old, nineteen years old, fifteen years old, kids kill themselves or girls kill themselves over breaking up with somebody. You know what you need? You need a protocol. Here's what you do. You know, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, and then you're gonna move on because. The person that you thought you cared about doesn't exist. That was yeah. a thing you made up in your head. So, but my point in saying all these things is, is what you just said is when things are getting out of hand, what do you do? You go back to your shot sequence. In life, when things are getting out of hand, what do you do? Go back to your protocol. Yeah. Know what the protocol is. And you go back to the protocol and you, and you run the course. Yeah. Take your emotions out of it. Yeah. hundred percent. When it comes to the military and obviously you're probably one of the most public seals, right? Do you feel like there's certain things I really feel like it, I feel like archery and bow hunting. I've seen it too many times. It's changed my life. I I even told you this. We were up on the mountain and I got a text from you know this random guy that wants to put on this, you know, this archery shoot for you know, some spec op guys. And, and I kind of told you, I'm like, this is like, this is just, it's getting to be a big deal. You know, it's getting to be a really big deal. And I told you for me, I feel like I feel more give back by doing that because I really feel like it's changing someone's life. It's not just someone that wants to be a, a better target archer. This is someone who, in a way is reaching out like I need to find something. This is it. Do you feel like so far and you haven't done your hunt yet? Honestly, I think, I think when that happens, I think it's a like, that's a whole new level to where when that happened for Andy, like as soon as, as soon as it happened on his first hunt and that, you know, that he got his first kill, he had, well, I should say it is first first successful bow hunt. And, you know, the success was done. The tag was punched. You know, I could see it in his face like, this is something I'm, I'm going to do forever because I miss it. Do you feel just based off some of the stuff that you've done in a one-year period, do you feel like that's relative as well? Yeah, because what what you end up with, and this is, again, this is something I tell veterans all the time, is you got to have a mission. 
right? Mm-hmm. And the, the worst, the people that do, people that have trouble as vets when they get out, because when you're in the military, you have a mission, man, and it's an awesome mission, and it's an honorable mission, and you wake up every day with that mission, and the people that you're surrounded with have the same mission, and so you always have a focus, right? And then when you get out, unless you have a new mission, all of a sudden you don't have a mission anymore, and that's that's not good because you don't have a goal and you're just wandering. And you know what happens when minds wander? They wander towards the gutter, right? Yeah. They wander towards the the path of least resistance. Whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's crappy relationships, or whatever that case may be, that's when we when we have when we let our mind wander with no focus. That's what happens. So what's what's cool about archery is here's the mission. And you know my dad actually said this to me the other day. He's like, well, it's not really surprising that you like archery because you get to shoot stuff, you get to walk around in the woods. And and you get to go kill things like that's kind of like what you always like to do with <laughs> you your whole life. So it's not no big surprise that you're that you're going that you found this other path and and now you're you're starting down this path. So yeah, I think there's a a huge benefit to it because it's a mission. It's something that we can relate to. Uh, and I told you this yesterday. I was watching videos of you hunting and just watching you patrol through the woods. And I don't know if you call it patrolling, but it just, I don't even know what, what you call it. Hiking? What do you call it when you're stalking? stalking. Yeah, yeah, so when you're stalking, for me, that's patrolling. And I'm watching you, and I love patrolling. I mean, I grew up patrolling, and and now I don't get to patrol anymore. Yeah. And I, you know, when you're patrolling, when you're a, a SEAL, you're a young SEAL, it's like this awesome thing it's a skill that you build of how to move through the bush how to move through it quietly what are you looking for how to pay attention to the terrain what do you where's the dead space all these you know how is this how much elevation am i giving up right now like you're you're, you learn those things Mm -hmm. and guess what if i'm not doing this those things aren't being used yeah so here i can automatically apply things that i already know and and then on top of that i have a mission and then on top of that there's a bunch of people that are hanging around with the same mission and so you end up with a, a really solid, positive thing. Yeah, I think it's I think it's outstanding. You know, it was awesome, and it reminded me a lot of myself when we came off. When we came off, you and I and Trevor were talking about something, and you specifically brought up that one buck where you made a shitty shot. Like I could tell that was still that was still lingering because you knew looking at the whole big picture, that was probably the biggest failure and it was like under your skin. Mm. And for me, I'd, I would be the same way. I, th- I think about the mistakes and I almost, what's hard about it is sometimes you can't go back and fix it. Um, you can work towards, towards making sure it doesn't happen again. But I really feel like people that do a really good job of recognizing their mistakes and not dwelling on them, mm-hmm. but, just letting them sink in to the point where they remember them. Like, I feel like that's what you're doing more. You know, you're not like whining about it. You're not dreading it, but it's like, it's under your skin and it's under your skin enough to where when you saw that same, if that same target presents itself next time, you're going to be like, this time I'm going to do this, you know? And I think a lot of people that struggle in life, they don't do that. They see that they kind of, they just let that drag them down they can't get over it. Um, or on the worst, possibly the worst case is they don't even recognize it. And then they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's, it's like that with, I really feel like it's like that with employees. Cause I've had people where I've worked with them 
they come in, you think this is a great guy, he's got a lot of potential, you know, he had the education, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you realize he's getting written up for this. And then he gets written up for the same thing. And then all of a sudden he finally cracks and starts saying like, you know, in my last job, they freaking had a problem with this too. And it, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you want to just slap him and be like, hey, bro, three people have told you you've got a tail. You need to look around, look behind yourself. You've got a tail. You know, you've got a tail and you need to, you need to tuck it in or you need to fix it. You know, <laughs> do you agree? I agree. And actually the part that I noticed about what you just said and something that I think is very important in, in many aspects of life is, is having good balance, right? Having good balance where whether it's, you know, we don't want someone to be too loud, but we don't want somebody to be too quiet. We don't want somebody to be hyper aggressive, but we don't want them to be not aggressive enough. When you're looking at your mistakes, right? You don't want to, you said, you don't want to dwell on them, right? If all I was, like, I, this is the one I spy, I shot like high, it was in the spine, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, like, so that shot, if the next one I was all disgruntled and mad, I, like that, that wouldn't help me on the next shot because then my emotions would start getting in. And I, I think it was the rabbit. Yeah, so I had to, I had to actually, was, I think just two, two later was, oh, the next yeah. shot was a good shot. Yeah. But. That's right, that's right. I had to, I had to recognize that, that I made a mistake and okay, and I got lucky because I still got on target, mm -hmm. but not the way I wanted to be. So if I, I have to address it, I have to deal with it and, and, and think about it, but I can't dwell on it. So I want to be somewhere back. I can't just be like, oh, screw it. That was, that was just whatever. I can't just blow it off and not learn anything from it, yeah. but I can't dwell on it. So where do I want to be? I want to be somewhere balanced in the middle. Kind of like when you're, when you're moving towards a target, right? Can you be too aggressive? Yes, you can, and you spook it. Can you be not aggressive enough? Yes, you can, and now you don't get there in time. Yeah. So where do you have to be? You have to be balanced, and there's so many things in life where you have to be balanced, and I think when you make a mistake, you have to be balanced. You have to be balanced in the one direction of like, okay, let me analyze what I did and see what I can learn from it, but at the same time, not so heavily focused on it that you get disgruntled and you throw your, you know, start, start throwing arrows all over the place. Yeah. One thing I think is important for people too is, that they don't make quick direction changes based on, you know, let's just call it a miss, you know, missed opportunity or miss in life. You can't make quick changes in life if, you, if you're constantly changing the variables. So what I'm going to, like, refer to on this is today when we were shooting, uh, Sharon shot a couple targets high and then shot a target good and then she shot another target high and she said, do you think I should move my sight a little bit? Because, you know, I've been high a bunch. And I just said, well, two of the times we're uphill shots. It's common that you're going to be high because were you checking your peep sight? And she, she said, I don't really think I was. I said on the other shot, you know, you felt like the target was further, so you put your glasses on. So you went, you know, you, you literally have three different situations, and now you're telling me to make an adjustment. Like now you've done – You've had three different scenarios where you haven't you haven't been consistent. Let's just call it as an employee. You haven't been consistent as an employee or as a friend or as, you know, as let's just say, you know, maybe maybe a partner in business. But now you're wanting to make this big change because we're not hitting target. But in the but in the end, I told her I'm like, if you give me three of the same thing and then we're high every time, yeah, I'm going to move it. But I said, here's what I want you to do. Take the glasses off, focus on the peep, focus on the front sight, make sure your alignment's good, 
make sure you tell me, yeah, I executed a good shot. And then, right? Yes. She yeah. never asked me to make a change after that. She's like, you know what? Once I actually looked at everything I was doing, I wasn't doing it right. Yeah, yeah there's... That's absolutely true, and it's true with anything. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have a consistent baseline if you're gonna start making adjustments. You know, I, another thing I've told many young seals over the years, I'd say, what's the most important piece of information on the battlefield? And guys would say, you know, where where the enemy is, how many there are, what weapons they have, where they're moving to, and I'd say none of those are the most important thing. The most important thing, the most important piece of information on the battlefield is where you are. So if you don't know where you are, yeah. How are you going to move to the enemy? How are you going to call for air support? How are you going to direct any friendly forces in the area? How are you going to deconflict and make sure that you're not getting shot by friendly forces? Like, they're, the most important thing is where you are. Yeah. So with Sharon today, it's like, okay, we need to know where you are oh, yeah. before we can make any changes. Yep. So yes, you know that's part of the attitude of just always looking at yourself first before you can start saying, hey, you make some adjustments. You know, I, I was shooting with Peter. And, and JR and Alex the other day, and Peter sent me a text, and he's, they, they'll have their tools in case they need to adjust your bow. And I'm like, I don't think they need to worry about adjusting my bow. They'll be adjusting me. Yeah, I, was, you know? I had my tools of adjusting you all day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they tune some stuff up eventually. But, yeah, my point was, hey, I'm looking at myself. You know, yeah. I know that I'm the problem. Yeah. And, and before, I got a long ways to go before I start blaming any piece of equipment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I... I always blame myself first and the equipment's last. Um, our buddy Tosh, he said the same thing. He's like, man, I don't want to move. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable enough in myself to make any changes to my to my gear. And I think that's critical. Barclow's the same way. He's like, I always blame my equi- myself before my equipment every time. Even if the equipment is a malfunction, you have to go back and be like, okay, 100% focus. Let me, like, talk my – let me talk verbally through this, do it three or four times. And then all of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden realize, you know what? Maybe something's not right. Maybe I should look at it. Have you ever published your shot sequence verbal verbals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I've done uh, I did a series called uh, school of knock. Yeah. And so I, I broke down the verbals more or less the verbals in a 12 week program. Yeah. And I think Peter took that. Peter did that. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about our our, I'm our, on like our mutual eight. friend Peter Tia. Yeah, I'm on like eight at the school of knock, but I didn't pick up like a full on. Hey, here's the verbal cues for every single one. Am well, I an idiot? Well, each subject matter should be a verbal. Should be a verbal should, cue. Yeah, should yeah. be should be a verbal cue. One of the things that you and I did today on the very first target is I I asked you. I said, Hey, let me talk to you about a few things I that I processed before. And you kind of stop me. You're like, well, here's what I do. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But there's two things that we got to put in front of that. You know, one is, you know, we have to know distance. We have to set distance, double check. You know, first off, make more or less, make sure your gun's like set for what you're going to shoot it for, right? For a bow, obviously, we're setting the sight. And then I said the next thing is you have to confirm target acquisition. Know where you're going to hit. Because you can go through this whole thing and make a perfect shot, but if you're aiming in the wrong spot, you know, in the grand scheme of things of what we're doing here, even if you make a perfect shot and hit where you think, but it's in a really poor place, 
then we're missing a small element of what this is. And this is realistic hunting situations that are going to prepare you for your first hunt. And I think several times we talked about that. I'm like, there might be times where you're going to see something like this and here's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what do you feel? I'm trying to think. I had a few like business oriented type questions because you're such a motivator in the, in the corporate world. But for guys coming out of the military and who really want to, really want to, you know, it's hard to say be successful because I don't really feel like success comes from, I don't necessarily think it comes from your job. I think it comes, who you are as a person will, that'll translate into what you are as an employee or what you are as a boss, right? And I feel like, you can't say because I'm because I have this position in my business I'm successful because I think there's more to it than that. But what do you think people need to do that are coming from a job? Let's just say military, they're coming out and now they're trying to hit this 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 world to where they have to find a place for employment, for income. What do you feel like are the the key steps for these guys to be able to get to that next level or start start something for themselves have a successful business you know i look at guys like like andy doing a great job right evan black rifle yourself um evan you know with uh um what's it 30 seconds out yeah 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 yep. um you know i look at a, a lot well half face blades right tour knives like these are guys that I'm not I'm not big into the military world but these are guys that I see that have to me they they look like they have a very clear direction they're doing a great job with it they're following through they're they're making something out of you know I didn't even know custom knives were in a market right <laughs> Evan just made this axe shaped freaking shower brush that I feel like yeah I need that to like wash my back and I didn't even think that that was a thing right so um what do these guys need to do what's the steps that they have to that they have to do one thing that's interesting about all those people that you just named is all those people are doing stuff that they like to do okay you know whether it's making knives whether it's making coffee whether it's making art whether it's making podcasts whether it's, you know, jumping out of airplanes, you know, what, even, and you're a great example of that as well. You know, you look at your life story, what, what you did, what you didn't say, okay, how can I be successful? Mm-hmm. Right. How can I be successful? That wasn't you, your goal wasn't, Hey, I want to make this much money or I want to be in this position in a business. You said, Hey, this is, this is, this is what I'm, this is what I love doing. This is what I'm passionate about. And you got on that train and you poured yourself into it. Yeah. You know, the thing that really, for me, like I really, when I was in the military, I was in leadership positions and I, I taught leadership and that's what I really like doing. And so when I got out, that's what I continued to do. And that's, you know, my primary company, Echelon Front, and that's what we do. We, we teach leadership. And so that's that's what I like to do. And guess what? I like I, I like to do jujitsu. So guess what? I make geese and, yeah. and, and clothes because that's cool. I have a podcast because I like to find out what people's experience were and and and, and understand what people's lives were like. And so I either talk to people or I do reviews of books that were written by the first person that, who were in combat situations or in atrocities and deal with those. Those are things that, these are all things that 
I would basically, I basically would be doing all these things, whether I got paid for them or not. Yeah. That's what I like doing. You know, if there, you know, if you talk to Evan, would he be drinking coffee if he didn't own a coffee company? Yes, he would. Would he be, <laughs> would he be trying to find like the best cup? Yes, he yep, would. Yeah. You know, would Andy be trying to dial in like a new, you know, wingsuit or whatever? Yes, he would. Yep. That's what he's into. Would uh, would you know, making knives? He, Andy's yeah. also a tech nerd too, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a tech him? dork. He, uh, if anything new electronic comes out, oh, okay. Yeah. Guess who yeah, gets yeah. it first? Yeah. But, Andy. Uh, and, 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 uh, so yeah, he, he's, he's into, he continually strives to get better in the things that he likes. Yeah. Right. So there's something to that. I think there's something to the fact that if you are going to commit yourself to something, you want to commit yourself to something that you're really into. And for me, like it's jujitsu making, you know, supplements that I really like. Cause I like to work out and I love, I like to eat and I like things to taste good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I make supplements that taste really good, and they're good. you know, like that. Those are the kind of things. Like that's what I'm into. Yeah, you're into archery, man, and you went to the nth degree. Yeah, and uh, I think I think I was listening to you on Joe, and you were saying the first podcast that you made about archery, you said like I'm just going level twelve deep, so people <laughs> see what the hell, where the hell I'm coming from, see what they're dealing with. Yeah, right. That's how into it you are, and and there's uh, it's a great example. Because people look at that and they go, well, who the heck cares? You know, whatever these things that you're talking about on the first podcast that you do about archery, that's so detailed that there's a small group of people. If you talk to a normal person, they'd say, who the hell cares about that stuff? Yeah. But you know that yeah. you care about it. Yeah. And if you care about it, there's other people that care about it. And you've already paid the price and done the time to get that knowledge. And now you're giving it away. Man, people eat that up. So when it, going back to your question, first of all, like let's look at something, you know, I, I would try and go and do something that you're interested in. The problem is, you know, man, businesses are hard and, and, and most businesses don't succeed. And so even though you might be really passionate about, you know, archery, or you might be really passionate about throwing knives, or you might be really passionate about fishing or whatever, whatever thing you might be passionate, that might not necessarily mean that it's going to be able to feed your family. And guess what? You got to feed your family. And so, you also, I think it's important to have a, a good level of humility to say, okay, here's, here's what I'm going to look at and I'm going to go and go and enter the civilian sector that in such a way that I'm have an open mind. And I realize that I'm not going to be in charge. You know, I was in charge of a platoon or I was in charge of a company or I was in charge of a squadron. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be in charge of a company the day I get out of the military. Yeah. And, you know, I actually started a, uh, another company that's called, EF Overwatch, and we take guys that were in special operations and guys that were in, in combat aviation, and we take them, and we train them, and we get them placed into companies in leadership positions, and it's been doing awesome. And the feedback from both sides, both from the people that, from the guys that get out, and we give them, you know, we, we make sure that they understand, like, a, enough about the corporate. We're not yeah. giving them, like, an MBA, because you don't need an MBA. Yeah. The, the, thing that, the, thing that com the thing that civilian companies need is they need leadership. Yep. They need good leaders. And so when you've got guys that were in the military, they've got leadership training and they've been tested. Their leadership capabilities have been tested. You take them out and you let them apply those leadership skills into the civilian workforce, man, it goes, it, it, it works out, out, it's outstanding. And the feedback we get from the companies where we place guys, they're, they're head over heels. It's fantastic. So, so, but one of the main things that we tell those guys, those leaders that are making the transition is, hey, you got to be humble. 
you gotta you gotta accept that there's you know you you roll in to a job site somewhere whether it's a construction site whether it's a manufacturing site whether it's a financial uh, business there's going to be people in that business that have been doing that for 20 years 22 years 27 years you will not know what they know yeah and just like any leadership position if i walk in and i either a try and pretend like i know everything yeah everyone's going to see through it and their respect level for me is going to go down or if i try and get aggressive and and try and flex my authority because i've been put in a position of leadership over them that's going to make them even even respect you even less so but if you come in and you say hey i'm new to this job i've got some prior service in the military i was in leadership positions here but i know this is a different ball game i want to learn from you guys and i want to help us move forward in in a, in a positive way you know let, let's do this together that attitude is is what wins in the in the not only in the civilian sector but in the military sector as well so look at something that you really love doing yeah. and then also Look at look at being humble, and there's great companies out there to work with, man. There are incredible. America's filled with, you know, I work with companies all over the country, every different type of industry, and the people are so passionate. As passionate as you are about archery, yeah, I've met people that are equally as passionate as you are about archery as they are about building, about about contracting, about manufacturing, about lean Six Sigma. I've met people that were as fired up as you are about archery about candy they made candy i'm not kidding it was like i was sitting in a war room with a candy manufacturer they were talking about market share and how they were going to what they're going to make and how they were going to do and i was like this is awesome like they're into it yeah. so when you when you find something that you're into and there's great companies in america and you be humble and you you have the skills as a military person you have leadership skills you know you are in leadership positions be humble put those things to work there's two words that i want to run by uh one is Motivate. One was motivation. These were two things that I had already thought about because I think they're important, and I think you and I shared the same mindset on them. Um, so from a motivational standpoint, talk to me about the importance of that, but one of the things that you just said that I think make that easier is when you are doing something you love 100%. Motivation isn't something that you have to like make yourself do every day. There's days where you will. There's days where you're going to be like, man, do I, you know, really don't want to shoot again, but that's what I do. Go do it. And then once you start doing it, you realize, oh yeah, I love this. Like I love doing this. So from a motivational standpoint, if you can't, if you don't have it, what do you need to do to get it? Or what makes it easier to attain it? Yeah, for me, motiv motivation to me is just another emotion that comes and goes and you can't count on it. I okay. don't rely on motivation at all. What I rely on 100% is discipline. And what you just said is the perfect example of discipline. You know you have to shoot 30, 40, 50 arrows today if you're going to get better. You don't feel like doing it. You have a cold. Your wife was sick. Your kid was you know, late for school. And you have other things that you would rather do, one of which is sit on the couch and, you know, eat a donut. You, so you're not motivated at all. What happens? You have the discipline. You have the discipline that knows that what you do right now in the short term is going to be beneficial for you in the long run. That's what discipline is. It's translating what you're doing right now, which is going to suck, which you don't want to do, into a better future. That's all it is. So for me, I don't rely on motivation at all. It doesn't, motivation doesn't have any factor 
whatsoever in how what I'm doing today. Yeah. It gets no vote whatsoever. Yeah. If I was going to sit around and wait until I was motivated to do something, who knows how long I'd be waiting. Maybe I'd wait, be waiting three minutes because I was feeling motivated. Yeah. But maybe I wouldn't do it at all because yeah. I wasn't. I can't, I, can't, I can't rely on those kind of odds. Yeah. You know, I can't rely on those kind of odds. What can I rely on? Do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's what I can rely on. Do what you're supposed to do. Do it every day. Whether you feel like doing it or not, whether you're motivated for doing it or not, doesn't matter. You know what you're supposed to do. Do it. Yeah. I tell people motivation gets you going. Commitment is what keeps you going. You know, some people just like need a push which obviously a big part of your success is from those people that just, you know, they just, for whatever reason, can't, can't make themselves take that step, and, take that one step. Yeah, and I, I say this all the time. What's the hardest part about going to the gym? What's the hardest part about going to the gym and working out? It's going to the gym. Yeah. That's the hardest part. Yeah. What's the hardest part? If I don't feel like, like I'd rather sit and veg out for 20 minutes instead of going shoot arrows. Yeah. What's the hardest part about it? The hardest part is getting out just my bow grabbing your and bow. walking, just picking walking it up. Yeah. 12 steps out to my alley where I can start shooting. Once I'm shooting, it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, I'm there. I'm shooting. It's fun. It's good. I, but that, the, uh, the gra- like, like when a rocket ship takes off, it has to use the bulk of its energy to break the gravitational yeah. pull. Like the bulk of the energy that it uses is just to get the first thousand the feet lift. or whatever the yeah. first the first five thousand feet or whatever it is off the ground that's what takes all the energy yeah that's what happens to human beings too they don't want to get that they don't want to take that first step as you called it they don't yeah. want to they don't want to pick up their bow they don't want to grab their jujitsu gi they don't want to do any of that what do they want to do they want to check instagram for the 48th time and watch some idiot do something stupid jocko shoot an elk at 112 <laughs> yards or whatever <laughs> So if if people are struggling with motivation, would it be fair to say that you really feel like they're probably not really doing something they love? It could be, but man, I've done all kinds of things that I didn't love. In well, my I agree. Life. I agree. And and they they lead to success. Yeah. Like it doesn't. And again, you know, you you pointed out it's really hard to define success, but you have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah. Right. You have At to times, do things that you sure. don't want to do. And you know what, like, if you didn't, if you didn't run, if you didn't work out, would you be in shape to haul, you know, elk out of no back country? No way. You wouldn't be able to do it. No. You know that. Yeah. You know that. You don't feel like swinging that kettlebell on a Sunday afternoon be- because you had something to do Sunday morning. Now it's Sunday afternoon. Your wife's saying, hey, I just made some dinner. Can't you just come sit down with me? And you're like, no, I got to, I got to take. I got to take 20 minutes and I got to go swing this kettlebell. Yeah, give me 20. Yep. That's all it's going to be. It's going to be yeah. 20 minutes. I'm going to come, I'll come back, but I got to do it. That You don't want to do it, yeah. but you know what? You do it. Yeah. That's discipline. Sometimes you need to look at what you're doing and say, okay, if this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm putting in, the person that's in a position above me or maybe the person that's a little bit more successful, look at them long enough to realize, are they doing one or two things more than me? And if they are, those are probably the one or two things that are different. For me, overall, archery, maybe not hunting, because I think the hunting world is changing fast to where there's like hunt leaths, where there's people that are really focused on being year-round active people that are in shape for hunts, right? But from a target archery point of view, if you look at a lot of the top ones, you know, it's 
they're they're not in good physical condition. For me, I knew right away that when I was at my best physically, I was one at my best in my sport, but I also felt like I immediately had a had an advantage over those people because they recognized it. And you look at something that's different between you and I. Like this morning we were gonna we we were both up early. I mean we were both up early and we met, we're waiting for the ride, and although we're getting ready to go up and shoot this archery course, do you remember the first thing I brought to you to like talk to you about this morning? No what? That that's the steel bag. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So I'm thinking like you know, I came over and I said, "Hey, have you seen these? These are super cool when you're on the road." Yeah. And it was it was an on it like you know steel bag. Yeah. And so you you grabbed it and you're like, "Oh hell yeah, this is like <laughs> I get it, I get it." And so you know, I've got I've got two kettlebells out there in my trailer and a steel bag. Now, can I do my full workout for these 23 days that I'm on the road that I would do if I was in my home gym? No, but can I move just a little bit every day that I can do, you know, do I always want to do it? No, but I know deep down if I'm going to perform up our, up here on the Hill, when people are, are watching me and people are looking at me, those are things that I have to do. It's like part of what I do. So I have to do it. And saying that leads me into the second word that I wanted to talk to you about. And I think it somewhat plays into a little bit about what you were just saying when you were placing guys in into those leadership roles and probably what would make them good in those roles, even though they didn't have an MBA, even though they didn't have, you know, the degree. I feel like one of the, one of the most underplayed words in success is consistency. I think people hashtag motivation. I think people hashtag, uh, fitness i think people hashtag technique you know i think there's like all these hashtags but like hashtag consistency i don't think that doesn't get much love it doesn't get <laughs> well i don't think it gets the love that it, that it deserves yeah yeah would that be fair totally totally what the, type of uh i mean what type of where would you place that word in relation to people that are having a happy and successful life. Yeah, to, to me, that word is is up there, very similar to to being balanced. Right? What does balance mean? It means you're staying staying the course, you're staying steady, you're yeah. consistent. Like, if you have to deal with an employee that you don't know if they're going to fly off the handle, you know if they're going to be in a good mood or a bad mood, or your boss, your boss, you don't know if they're going to be in a bad mood. They're not consistent. They're inconsistent. They're not a good leader. Yeah. They're just not a good leader. If you've got a a person that's on a team, and Sometimes they sometimes they rise to the occasion. Sometimes they fall apart when the pressure's on. They're inconsistent. Can you count on them? No, you can't count on them. So, yeah, whether no matter what it is that you're going to try and excel in, you 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 absolutely have to be consistent. And the way uh, I just answered this question on Twitter the other day, you know, someone said you you maintain this awesome consistency. How can I be more consistent? And I wrote back, be consistent. <laughs> right yeah this is not this is not rocket science yeah. you know how can you be more disciplined be more disciplined yeah i wasn't born with a disciplined gene yeah. right i wasn't born with that i just decided okay i'm gonna do what i i'm gonna do what i set out to do yeah you know you weren't born with a consistent gene it's like you realize if you want to be able to perform when people are watching and you got to knock out a, a freaking 12 ring 
at at a hundred yards uphill with a crosswind, you you know you know there's only one way you'll be able to do that, and that's if you're consistent every day, having the discipline every day to practice your craft. That's yeah. what you do. That's why you're at the top of this game. I told people years ago they 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 watch my technique, and because part of my technique and my training, you don't have control. In a way, you lose control because I'm just trying. I don't want you to feel like you have control on when the shot fires. I want you to have control on whether or not you are making a good shot or making a bad shot. That you have control on. Do you have control on the instantaneous time that the release fires? I hope not. Like, I don't want that. I want you to have control on, you know, going through a process and executing with a surprise shot. And I've told people, I said, have I shot better rounds punching a trigger? Yes. Are there people that can beat me punching a trigger? Yes. But what was the hardest for me to swallow ever in my career was when I when I tried to have full control on my situation and I punched the trigger. There were times when I was the best, but then immediately without without any type of warning, I would be worse than I ever thought I could be because you know, I would I would let the moment take over. I would, you know, I'd fall victim to fight or flight. I'd all of a sudden have target panic. I'd all, you know, I'd have anxiety and I would try to force the shot or I'd freeze underneath the shot and just make it happen. So there came a time in my career where I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable with this high and low to where I'm actually okay just being an average guy that's average every, every time I shoot. All I want to know is I want to know if I'm a level seven, just let me be a level seven all the time. I don't, I don't want to be a level 10 if it means that sometimes I'm a level five because I never know where I'm at. I never know. So I, I've told people, hey, if you're okay not being a 10, but you would love to be just wherever you fall, just natural talent. You know, there's a lot that, that we don't have control on how good we're going to be. You know, it's like you go out and there, we talked about a power lifter the other day. You or I, could never do that, right? We we don't have the G nodes nope. to do that. There's no way, you know, we were talking about uh, a power lifter and we were talking about some of the, the weight he's moving. We're just not built for it. Um, but I would also like to say, if I did get into power lifting, I would love to just be consistent on knowing what level I was at all the time. And I'd just tell people, hey man, you know, I'm not a black belt. You know, I'm just a blue belt all the time. You know, I'm just a white belt all the time. And I've heard Andy say this to people before. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard him say, he's like, I, th I think I've heard him say he was an E3. And he said the only reason they were successful was because he was just humble in his position as that E3. And the people above him, as a collective, they performed flawlessly because he also just held his rank and just wanted to be consistent at where he fell within that group of guys. Like there were, there were guys that were just plainly better, but he just knew I just need to do this all the time. Exactly the same because these guys have put me in this position because if I can do this the same all the time, they can fill this whole team to where we're functional. Yeah. And who do you want? Who do you, who do you want on your team? 
Do you want someone that one day they're shooting a 10 and the next day they're missing the target? <laughs> do you want me. that person no. on your team? And let me ask you this now. If you're hunting and you got to take a shot, do you want to know that, hey, I know I can make this shot? I, I know I can make it. Not, hey, I think I can't. I might make this shot if I have one of my good moments, <laughs> but I also might have a bad moment and blow it. Yeah. Like you don't want to be there. Yeah. So consistency is what we look for in other people. And, you know, that's why you want to try and be consistent as a, as a person, right? Consistent, like, show up on time, Yeah, you know? Be, that's a be, huge one. Be, Honestly, be where that's... you're supposed to be. Have the right gear. You know, this. that's another thing. You know, you talked about what's cool about archery. Hey, man, this morning you were like, hey, okay, I said, what time? You said 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. You said bow. You said arrows. You said release. You said rangefinder, binos. And I said, cool, got it. Gear list, place to be. I'm I'm on a mission, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, what you just said was probably probably one of the most underrated things, whether it's a friendship, whether it's employment, whether it, you know, for sure employment, lifting partner, training partner, like being being on time to what you've committed to, consistency in that, mm-hmm. you know. Five or ten minutes late, up or down, we all get that. But if you're calling into work, you're do it once, people get it. Do it twice, your chance of having a better review this time, no. pretty low. Do it three times, guess what? People are just like, how do we how do we give this guy a raise? You know, how do we give this gal a raise? Three times we put them, we put them as a lead, you know, we put them in a supervisor role, you know, which is one step above where they started and they don't show up three times, three times that month. They never showed up. So we had all the newbies underneath them needing leadership. So we have to come down from, you know, quote unquote, a more important position to the company. We have to come down so that someone's there to give direction because, you weren't consistent enough for us to depend on you. Be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent. It's an easy way to put it. Well, I think anyone out there, if you follow, regardless of whether it's you wanting to start your own career, whether you're in a career, whether you're, you have a business, whether you're an athlete and you're wanting to move up in the ranks or possibly military guys, would that be fair to say the things that we talked about today? Absolutely. You you apply these simple simple things. It like he said, it's not rocket science. It's sometimes I feel like I'm a, a broken record repeating it, which is why to me this series is so important because I just feel like getting these people that are that are just so important to their community, getting them there and letting people hear more or less, you read between the lines, I think they're going to hear the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, just like how we started this off, three pe- people tell you you've got a tail, turn around, you got a tail. You know, if three people are telling you you've got an issue with something, you know, it's time to not make excuses about it. you got to do a full self-assessment of what is going on. You just might be the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man. Awesome, man. You smoked it today. <laughs> Honestly, that it's, was... It's good coaching. It, honestly, it's not me. I'm just I'm just a robot 
You are a robot. And I'm just doing what you told me to do. A talking robot. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just, yep. just doing what you told me yeah, to do. I appreciate and it. When, when, when I first got in the car, Andy looked at me and goes, Jocko, do good. I'm like, he did exactly what I said every time and just talked it out loud. And he goes, yeah, I knew he would. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, Andy. No, awesome. yeah, Thanks, disappointment, bro. but also <laughs> he knew it. He knew it was going to happen. So, all right, knock on everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing knockonarchery.com.